As Jasmine said, my name is Phil. Um, I serve as the executive pastor here at uh, Lower Manhattan Church. Over the past 11 months or so, I've been serving as the, the, the senior staff pastor, if you like, but um, hopefully, this will be exciting um, to hear that our search for the new lead pastor has now officially, officially begun um, this week. Our search firm launched the position out into the world, and they'll be collecting applicants and doing the groundwork for us to create that short list and can, uh, of candidates to preferably review. So we made a step forward, finally, a leap into the unknown. So that was, that was Monday's news. Um, it's been an interesting season of church um, for all of us. Um, I'm sure it doesn't take a giant leap of imagination to understand that it's kind of a weird position for me to be in because it takes some, some I don't know, security, self-awareness, some confidence to say, yeah, you know what? I'm not shaped for this lead role, tip of the, the pointy end of the spear long term that we might need help, that we might need someone else to fill in the gaps of gifting for God to use and grow this church for His purpose. And that can be a hard thing to do, to admit that, to acknowledge that, to look for that. But it's also really freeing because understanding the way the Holy Spirit has gifted you and then living and working in that realm is incredibly freeing. Our human inclination is to hold firm to what we know terrified of change, terrified of uncertainty. But remember what faith is. It's the opposite of certitude. Being sure of what we hope for, certain of what we don't see, not the removal of all fear and discomfort, but a trust and confidence in a one true God who holds the universe in his hands. So at the start of this year, we uh, began a broad teaching arc on, on who do you say I am. Like, we looked at the Old Testament we, and how they saw Jesus. We, we spent a hot second in, um, in covenants and the promises that God offers and how he unfolds this ultimate redemption plan. And then we spent some time looking at Jesus of the New Testament. Who does he say he is himself? And now we've turned a little inward to, to look at who we are in light of Jesus, in light of what he has done. And through uh, June, through next month, we'll continue exploring the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Uh, in July, we've partnered with some uh, pastors in the city to explore a Sermon on the Mount. So just look at the charge that Jesus has left us to complete. And then August, similarly, partnered with more pastors in the city, local pastors, to bring a word on equipping the church. How can we be better at the work that we do? The first Sunday of each month over the summer, starting next week, we'll be in a worship service because we value worship. It's, it's not something that simply bookends a message. And so Esther and Alf and Alex and Miriam will be crafting intentional worship experiences for those, those weekends. So it's going to be a great summer. We're going uh, uh, to an incredible moment. We've got a lot of work to do. There's a new search going on, but there's growth to be happening right here, right now. We're not just waiting. We're not just treading water. But back to today, we've been talking about spiritual gifts, and this morning I want to talk about how our individual investment can change the world. The parable of the three servants that we just heard shows us that it's not an opt-in or opt-out situation. We're to use our God-given gifts so that we can do kingdom work. We don't really get to choose whether we would like to or not. Jesus is pretty clear at the end that it doesn't end well for that servant who is not bearing fruit. The Jesus follower, equipped to serve Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit, but hiding their gifts, hiding their potential, hiding their contribution, afraid to fail, afraid to stand out, afraid to sacrifice, that's not the story that Jesus wants each of us to have. 
all for one and one for all. United we stand, divided we fall from the three musketeers. But that's true for us too. Everything we do is for that audience of one. All for one. And the unity of the church. Together with God's strength, with his power, we can accomplish so much. And that is an inspiring idea. The Church of Acts describes a growing church, a body of believers, where everyone is overflowing with worship and praise together. A community of people pulling together, striving for a common goal, pulling in one direction. There's unity, there's harmony, there's peace. These people, they met together, it says, every day. They worshiped together, they ate together, they were filled with joy. So how do we get there? How do we experience this type of church, a type of life-changing, world-changing community? It's really cheesy, but just like High School Musical, we're all in this together. So we're going to sing. No, we're not. But we are. We're all in this thing together. All of us. All in. Together. We need to invest in the same way that members of the Church of Acts, the early church, invested so that God can use us individually and collectively. It's really easy, particularly in today's culture, to just use church as a consumer. To attend a church that provides the maximum amount of convenience and product and the minimum amount of challenge and discomfort. We choose churches like we choose a new car or a new pair of shoes. But while it does make sense to find the right fit, for sure, but in order to be, to be world changes, or even city changes, or even like small, like a culture changer within your friendship or work group, even like don't even think that big, even that small. In order to do that, to step out into a world that has said no to Jesus, we have to say yes to him. And we have to move from being a consumer and spectator into a producer and a participant. And it's an intentional move. It won't happen unless we make it ourselves. I'm not, you, you know this, I'm not really into sports. Um, and in England, where I grew up, um, you also know this, um, football, soccer, sorry, is a, is a big thing. And I've been to one Premier League game in my life at St. James Park in Newcastle. And I don't know if you know this. Um, do you know they play soccer for at least 90 minutes? And there's like an interval in the middle. It goes on and on and on. But even I can appreciate that some sports are more entertaining to watch than others. Some grip with the audience with some, some kind of tension and excitement. You're on the edge of your seat. Maybe they score more than three goals in an hour and a half. You're, you're, you're sitting right there. You spill the bowl of popcorn. All that kind of stuff. It's fun. It's energizing. And then there's other sports that are not quite that way, like cross-country for example. Cross country is not, in my mind, a particularly amazing spectator sport. You know, you, you stand for a long time for a very short moment of encouragement and action. Often you can't see what's happening for a large proportion of the event. Golf is similar in my mind. And actually, I led this uh, short-term mission, it was like, I don't know, 10 days long, with high schoolers once when we were in a church in California, and the mission was in um, Farmington, New Mexico, on uh, the reservation, and it was about a 15-hour drive and we were in um, the SUVs, and then the buses were behind, all the things. And on the way home, we were trying to keep in ahead of the buses to be the first arrival back or whatever. So we were taking a turn to drive and sleep and drive and whatever. And so the, um, not, we weren't sleeping while we were driving. You understand what I'm saying. The person driving 
had the rule that you could choose the radio station because that seemed fair. You're driving, we're doing whatever it was, a couple hours stints, you get to choose. So Jonathan, there was three of us, Jonathan chose to take advantage of the satellite radio in this rental car, and so for three hours, we listened to Sirius Channel 208. That is the golf channel, where they just commentate on golf. So trust me, I know, some sports are less interesting to spectate than others, especially on the radio. But the point is, spectating is probably the lowest level of investment that you can have at one of these cross-country meets, something like that. You came, you saw, you stood in the rain. But as your investment increases, your interest increases too. Pay an entrance fee, yeah, slightly more invested. You sponsored the team, maybe you, you paid for the, the gear perhaps, yeah, a little bit more invested. If you volunteered at the water stations, even more so. If you coach the team, or you're related to one of the runners, even more. The more invested you are, the more passionate you become, even if you are not the runner yourself. And church can be similar. We are not all runners all the time. God has made us uniquely, wonderfully unique, that we can fill a unique role in the body of believers, here and in the church in a broad sense. In some areas, we take the role of a runner, sometimes the coach. Sometimes we work to share experience of the past or use skills to help in the current moment. But together, bringing all of who we are. That's how it works, because God made us part of this team. We're all different. We all have different roles. And the Bible describes this as being like the body. So from 1 Corinthians in the New Testament, and this is a letter that is teaching churches how they should live and serve together in unity. Throughout the passage, Paul really labors the point that the church is like a body and that together we make the church whole. This is starting at verse 12. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ, the church. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free. We have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. If the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? If the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. Just like the body has different parts with different functions, we are all different and do different things, and we have a different function on this, this church team. So you need to bring all of who you are, your gifts, your time, your money, your resources, so if you don't know what your gifts are, then you probably need to do some digging. If you have no time, you might need to reassess. If giving, sharing resources to kingdom work seems beyond reach, then I suggest you pray on that. The Church of Acts didn't come together because only a few people invested in this thing they were doing on the weekend. The Church of Acts is a powerful example because they invested in each other and they shared this mission. They devoted themselves to this, this church thing. And everyone is included. 
Because God made you unique, and the Holy Spirit has uniquely equipped you. So earlier in the passage in first, because this isn't on the screen, so don't panic, in verse four, it says there are different kinds of spiritual gifts. The same spirit is the source of all of them. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. Another, the spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same spirit gives faith to another, and to someone else, the spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles, and another the ability to prophesy. Gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the spirit of God or from another spirit. Still, another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages. Another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. We're all different, intentionally. Have you ever thought, I wish I could do something? I wish I could do that, I wish I could be better at this. I, could, I, I see that person, I wish I could be something. You've ever looked at someone and thought, I wish I could look like them, or be like them, or act like them? Everyone does that at some point. At some point, everyone wishes they were good at something they are not good at. I wish I was better at sports that involve a ball, but I am not. I will catch it with my face. In fact, um, we were talking about this in community group on Tuesday, and um, you probably know this, you can do these spiritual gift tests, and they're like personality tests kind of thing. You answer a bunch of questions, and then it, it spits out a, uh, some likely areas you have spiritual gifts. It's not a, it's not, if you do one of these, remember, it's not a be-all and end-all thing. It doesn't define you, but it can help guide to areas that you might want to lean in. Like if you're like, well, I don't know how to even begin this conversation to spiritual gifts, it, it can hone in to like, maybe I'll lean in here. It's not an aptitude test, so you know, don't think that. It's, not, it's, just, it's, it's not a score that provides like an outcome or demands a position on a Sunday morning or something, but it, it just guides your areas of life within your spheres of influence at home or at work or whatever. It can give you an idea of how you're equipped and uniquely able to make a difference. But anyway, you get this long list when you, when you do it, uh, or the one that we use. You get this long list, and uh, in mine, it's like apostle leadership, administration, serving, wisdom, teaching. And then I, I, I was sharing this, I felt really self-conscious because somewhere at the bottom of the list, like marked low in red, like as if they wanted to make it really obvious that this is, this is, not, this is not, the, not your strength, this is really down there, is the gift of faith. <laughs> and of all the ones to have like at the bottom, I, and you read that and you could feel like embarrassed or you could feel less of a Christian or, or, or somehow weaker than someone else who's like speaking in tongues over there. And I'm like, well, I got red for faith. I, you know, I... <laughs> Instead of that, find freedom in that. It doesn't mean you don't have faith. It just means it's not your spiritual gifting. I was not gifted that way. I was gifted in other ways, intentionally by the Holy Spirit. We're looking for a lead pastor, as I said at the beginning. Not because I don't have the gift of leadership, but because we need a balance of gifts and of calling and, and to shape and empower the church in the way God wants it to be. And that is actually freeing, if you think of it, for long enough. God made us different for a reason. We are unique on purpose for His purpose. Ephesians 2.10, we are God's masterpiece. Not, not even just artwork, we're his masterpiece, created anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. His masterpiece, not by mistake, not by accident, not by chance. 
He's made you in a certain way to do the good things God has planned. To fulfill who he has made you to be and in the context of a team. Without you, without you, without your gifts provided by the Holy Spirit, the body lacks. Now maybe you, you, you're sitting there, you, you think these things through, and you think, well, my, my gifting, my, the way I'm wired, however you want to phrase it, it doesn't lean itself into sort of producing a Sunday program. Great, because church is not about 90 minutes this morning. It cannot end here. shouldn't end here. shouldn't even begin here. It's more about leaning into your gifts so you can live a life that honors Jesus and serves his kingdom purpose in your sphere of influence. Discovering those gifts and using them, not wielding them as a qualification, not demanding others create a platform or program for you to consider how you've been equipped and where you've been placed to do kingdom work. Back to Ephesians 4, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does his own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Now you may think your impact is small. You may think that in the grand scope of the church, what could you possibly have to contribute that would make any lasting difference? And that idea could not be further from the truth. God will use each and every one of us to fulfill his good works. If we don't opt in, then not only are we missing out as individuals of the plan God has, but this church misses out too. What may seem small and insignificant can make the world of difference on a team. And to help this kind of be burned in your minds after this message, I want you to watch this 58-second video clip. Now, there's no sound. Is that correct? We couldn't figure out sound. It was too hard. But basically, he's got this domino thing set up here, like a domino, whatever, rally. Uh, and what you may or may not know is that um, the dominoes have the same force that can push over another domino one and a half times the one prior. If that makes sense. So um, I don't know what he's saying here. It's probably profound. Um, the first domino he's putting down here is about five millimeters tall and about two millimeters thick. Um, so it's very tense. It's a lot of tension building up here. <laughs> There's probably some music should be in the background. But anyway, it's, it's, it's wonderful. And he gets up here awkwardly, and he walks over here awkwardly, and he's this, the, the 13th domino weighs 100 pounds, and it's about a meter, just a bit more than a meter tall. And they're, they're all scaled up as it were. So let's, and he does the thing. I mean, you missed a lot. He's quite the character. I mean, it's, it's kind of an obvious concept, but when you see it, and then you realize there's 13, 13 dominoes there. If there were 29 dominoes, whatever that is, just more than twice, the last one, the 29th, would be as tall as the Empire State Building, and it would still work, because physics. <laughs> the power and strength of a small action, small acts of service, are powerful. Now, that's physics. It's even more powerful in the spiritual realm. Just because your contribution seems like the size of a tic-tac, it doesn't mean it will lack impact and value. It's with the right heart and for the right reasons. You may never see that final domino. It is likely, actually, that you won't. For years, I served in, in the children's ministry settings, 
And then you don't get to see the final domino, and you don't even get to see the second one sometimes in children's ministry settings. But that doesn't make the work not valuable. It builds foundations of faith. It sows seeds of understanding. You create safe spaces for kids to explore and express who they are as they learn about who they are in Christ, kind of like we're doing now. Um, 37 and some change years ago, the, the NASA space shuttle Challenger broke apart as it took off. It was 73 seconds into its, into its flight. All seven crew members were killed instantly. There was five astronauts, one payload specialist, and a civilian school teacher, and the world was watching. And initially, they thought it was an explosion, which makes sense because it kind of exploded. But they discovered later that it was a, it was a, a gasket or a, a seal that prevented leaks from the fuel tank and that failed during takeoff. It was weakened by the cold temperatures that morning, and so it subsequently just, just failed. The hot gas poured through that leak, through that tiny gap that just wasn't perfectly sealed. The fuel tank collapsed and tore apart. So the liquid oxygen and the hydrogen combined together created this, this fireball, which believed to be an explosion, and apparently that is not what an explosion is. It sounds like one to me, but anyway, it wasn't. But the point is, it was like an, it was like an O-ring that didn't perform the function that it was supposed to do. I didn't build rockets. I don't know how big that O-ring was. It could have been the size of this room, for all I know. But either way, comparatively to the entire project, it was a small part, a small component in a much bigger machine with a much bigger purpose. But it was vital to the success, and in this case, tragic failure. In the Old Testament, in Leviticus, um, chapter 26, actually, Leviticus chapter 26 is one worth reading if you're um, that way inclined. Um, anyway, there's an encouragement for God's people, and it's demonstrating the power of working together and the exponential impact it can have. So Leviticus uh, 26 verse um, 8 says, five of you will chase a hundred. A hundred of you will chase 10,000, and all your enemies will fall beneath the sword. Now, five against a hundred when swords are involved seems pretty big to me to, still. So it definitely still shows we'll need God's strength and God's power and the Holy Spirit. It's still smaller than 10,000. If some people make a difference, then their impact will affect others. In turn, will influence and affect more, who in turn influence and affect more, and so on and so on and so on. To have the impact of the Church of Acts, we need to work as one body. We need to invest our time and talents and treasure. We need to be more than spectators. And it might look different for each of us, that journey. But it starts by exploring how the Holy Spirit has equipped you, specifically, individually, you. You could jump into the discipleship series that starts in a few weeks that Marcy's running. And it's eight weeks long. It'll help ground faith and set you up to find how you can personally catalyze the body of believers. Testimony workshop is another opportunity. Another great step is to get together with someone else over coffee, another believer, and have a conversation exploring how you are gifted. And if you'd like to do that, but don't know who to ask, don't know who to ask in the room, we'll find you someone to meet with. The staff are passionate about the idea. It starts with this kind of conversation. Let's just talk about it. Let's start by talking about it. It's not really a test. It's not going to be a, a class. It, it's going to start with a conversation. And most conversations start over coffee. So let's start there. Let's start with what we know. If there's, if there's two of you already, you know who you want to have that conversation with, but you need some tools or some guidance on, on how, to, how to guide that conversation, we would love to resource that. 
caveat, we haven't written it yet, but we, we will, right, Alf? We, we're writing it, so we're in. It's gonna happen. And we'll even pay for the coffee. Like, if you're ready now, you have some people, I got gift cards. I'll, I will give you a $10 Starbucks gift card if you will promise to have that coffee and that conversation with intentionality about who you are and how you are wired to serve the kingdom. Through June, we're hearing from different people and others about experience with the Holy Spirit, how they've leaned in. So this is a good time. This is a great time to lean in and explore how God has created you. Don't miss this opportunity. Will it be inconvenient? Well, church is always inconvenient. Will it be challenging? Yep, church is always challenging. Will there be times you just want to be home? Yes. But will your work, will your ministry make a lasting difference in the landscape of eternity? Absolutely. Will you feel the subsequent blessing because of the investment you've placed in the lives of others? Yeah, I guarantee it. Um, one last thing. Um, Shay's going to get nervous because I didn't tell her about this. So, I don't know what she is. I brought a prop because I really want you to remember this. I really want this to be a... a the body and we've got to figure this thing out kind of moment. That we can't just keep filling our head with knowledge and understanding and going away and thinking, yeah, that was good. I heard some things that were new. I heard a lot of things that were already new and I just, now I know. I know some stuff. That's not doing anything. We end up with big heads and little bodies. It's not going to be helpful. So I want us to, I want us to, <laughs> I want you to bear with me a second. Hang on. I've got to open this fancy bag. Okay, so, the church is like a body. <laughs> Do you see how this is, gonna, this is gonna stick in your brain, right? Oh, I'm so sorry, his ear got turned. So if, if the body doesn't do what it's supposed to do, if the glasses don't work, if the ears don't hear, then, then what are we? Because the arms can't do what the ears do, right? The eyes can't do what the nose does. This is news. It's hard, to, it's hard to pull apart. The nose, the mustache even, the tongue, all those things have their own intentional purpose, created intentionally, uniquely, individually, for a reason. And it's only together that it works. If the arms don't do what the arms are supposed to do, the mouth can't make up for it. Neither of the arms. If the feet don't do what the feet are supposed to do, then all we end up with, instead of a body vibrant and able to do God's work, working together, gifted uniquely, we end up with a potato in a hat. <laughs> now, there may be some, some unrealized potential in this potato, but at the end of the day, it's a potato in a hat. And I think God wants more for this church than a potato in a hat. But it will take all of us pulling together, serving together. And to do that, we need to know how we are gifted. You need to know how you are gifted. Otherwise, you can't bring that to the team. So, go from here with this in mind. Don't be a potato. Let's be God's children. 
living in the way he has created us for his great, great purpose. Let's pray. Jesus, you've done the hard work so we don't have to. Yet still we struggle to step into the work you've laid out for us. So we ask that you inspire in us that passion to serve you in our own spheres of influence, in our own lives, and the people we meet. Help us not to, to just wait on a program or wait on an invitation. Lean into our, our spirits, Father. Just urge us to explore more about who you have created us to be. Put people in our path that will help us navigate that conversation, that road. Show us how you want each of us to serve where exactly you want us to do it. Amen.